Hi, everyone. I'm Adele. And I'm Jason. Welcome to Fidget, a podcast for your BFRB toolbox. Adele, we have a name now. I know. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) The process to discovering it was um, long. And I think it it was Remembrance Day. And just in the middle of the day, I get these, you know how on Facebook you can get those like memo, like they're like limited to one minute yeah, voice clips. I just got, I just got eight of them. Because I was walking around. It was, a, it was a holiday and I was walking around and I had been editing the podcast all day <laughs> because it took me like six hours to edit the first episode because, you know, got to learn how to edit. Gotta learn. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so I had brilliant ideas was sending that uh, one was um well i think we we played around this like uh repeat on repeat and then, and then we had like four voicemail clips back and forth of like on repeat on repeat <laughs> on repeat because on i was like, i really like the idea of on repeat then it's like wait that's not what i meant to say <laughs> on on repeat on repeat anyways it was complicated <laughs> Um, but then I guess we sort of settled on fidget. Um, and I guess I think for me, it's, it's, it's sort of like, you know, um, speaks to like a coping mechanism. We were talking about, um, like, yeah, different strategies of support and like fidget spinners, fidget toys, um, Mm -hmm. came up. And so I think maybe that's what we want our podcast is as well is it's a bit of a it's a tool it's a bit of a support resource for Mm -hmm. people with bfrbs um in the same way yeah in the same way a toy is a support so yeah we were talking about a lot of different things we didn't want to to um go too far into one bfrb over the other because we didn't want any favoritism and so that was part of the consideration as well fidget like a lot of different people can use fidget toys, whether that's someone with a BFRB or not, um, or other like reasons to use a fidget toy. So I like that aspect of it. Also, it's a fun word, as Jason said. Onomatopoetic. <laughs> yes. Actually, you know what, Jason? I've realized that you have named all of the things that we have so far in the podcast or the first episode because I, but you know what? I think that I contribute to the to the ideation process. It's just I always go a little too far into abstraction <laughs> <laughs> to pull it back to something that makes sense. So I feel like it's been a good teamwork process so far. I, I'm not keeping score, so. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about that yesterday. Yeah. It's like, okay, that works out. We'll, we'll get there. You know, we'll, we'll get there. We'll I'll try out. to name this episode. um yeah so fidget i think yeah it's a it's a fun word it's um evocative um and uh i think something that we talked about in our kind of our brainstorming of kind of our goals for the podcast is something that's a little light and fun (laughs) would i dare hazard to say fun um because My mom says I'm fun. Yeah, my mom thinks we're funny. (laughs) Yes, thanks, Gerald. Um, uh, But like, so I guess for me, that was important because BFRBs can be quite a heavy topic. 
Um, mm-hmm. And it's almost something that like, I'm afraid to talk about or like, I don't want it to be a bummer and like weigh everyone down. And um, it, it, it's striking that balance of, you know, it's important, but it doesn't necessarily need to be serious. Like, I think, you know, we could have fun with it, but at the same time, it recognizes its importance with us while not having to be serious. And, um, you know, Adele, you were sort of mentioning other podcasts that there's maybe like they take a clinical approach or a scientific approach or a well-researched approach. (laughs) I will say this, (laughs) moving forward, this podcast will not be well-researched. So if you want that, never know. (laughs) If you want that, there are other better podcasts out there for you. Um, I, I think that's what kind of, you know, what, what we can bring is something different and mm-hmm. you know a lightness um something that yeah like starting that conversation and making it a conversation that you want to have and um having it in a way that's not just so heavy all the time mm-hmm. yeah and i've been also thinking of fidget as so using that fidget toy analogy of <clears throat> it's one thing in my toolbox for VFRB as in there's so many different coping mechanisms that I have explored over this journey these years of experiencing VFRB and each one sort of has its pros and cons and I'll use it at at different times and I guess to me that's important to the idea that there's not just one silver bullet of okay now it's gone and I never have to worry about it again. It's just like a whole bunch of different tools and hopefully the conversations that we have can be one of the, one of the helpful items that you carry with you um, in your BFRB journey. Yeah. That's so nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, cool. Um, Should we start every episode with a fun fact? (laughs) Um, well, that's the thing that we have to research ahead of <laughs> But, like, I think I heard a fact, um, but I don't remember which number it is. <laughs> but apparently there's, like, a fairly high percentage of people who have a BFRB. Um, and I don't know. I think it's maybe 7%. But I wouldn't Seven. quote myself on that. <laughs> I heard, like, 10 if not one in 10 one in 10 that sounds good i mean it sounds reasonable <laughs> i i think um definitely more people have bfrbs than they even know like the self-diagnosis is quite low um yeah and like honestly the more the more and more i've talked about bfrbs and the more and more i've learned about it it's just like honestly everyone kind of has <laughs> Some, like, everyone's on the spectrum, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think, you know, grinding your teeth is quite common. And I don't think Is that often... a BFRB? I think so. It's oh. just... Oh, my gosh. What do you think? I grind my teeth a lot. <laughs> In fact, I learned that... I was at the dentist yesterday, and I learned that me grinding my teeth is actually accentuating the jaw problems that I have. Because... Mm-hmm. The way, it was actually really interesting. I never thought about it this way, but the dentist was saying how your jaws 
are like an elastic where if you're constantly pulling on it, it will start to get looser over time. And so he was like, you have very loose jaws. <laughs> and I was like, that's so weird. <laughs> okay. See, now these are the fun facts that we want. Loose jaws. <laughs> that's a thing. It's a thing. And I was like, is there anything I can do? And he was like, no, that's just, that's just who you are. And I was like, okay. Uh. I mean, what do, you, what do you think? Do you think grinding your teeth is a BFRB? Mm. Well, I don't know because I think grinding my teeth, I equate it more with, hmm, that's a good question. To me, in my head, it's more in the category of like getting a stomach ache when I feel nervous. It's like a, like a physiological response, but at the same time, like where does, I guess my BFRB is, is usually very, um, like I have a, focus a lot of attention on it is very conscious but for some people it's it's not it's uh, uncon- <laughs> unconscious <laughs> or no <laughs> man okay maybe we should have recorded a thursday <laughs> i can't talk today <laughs> but um like people have different levels of awareness is what i'm trying mm. to say when they are experiencing their BFRBs. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? Why do you I, think it's a BFRB? I mean, I uh, put it under the umbrella. Um, like for me, when I first started scratching my hands, I don't think I was conscious of it at, at all. And like it would happen while I was asleep. Um, and oh. uh, like I would just wake up and like my sheets would be bloody. And I just like wow. wouldn't understand my hands and like why. Like I didn't even put two and two together that like I was doing it to myself first I thought like oh my hands are like dry and they're cracking and but no it was just like at night I'm just kind of like churning away and then I'm like oh okay I'm doing this to myself Um, I don't think you've ever described that to me I think at the beginning I didn't I so I was re-listening to our uh, pilot episode, and you talked about how you didn't know when you first started either, and like how that mm-hmm. was interesting to you because it was such a like, I mean, it's just a significant part of your life, and you don't even remember how it started. And I think yeah, similar for me, like I can't pinpoint a day like on the calendar was like ah September first, two thousand and twelve. It 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 just sort of you know there my my um my bubble of awareness just kind of like came in one day and then mm-hmm. i think once i started noticing it and putting two to two to two and two together um have you heard about that like um volkswagen beetle principle i think that's what like they the call punch it. buggy principle <laughs> yeah the punch but it's it's like once you know what they're called you see them everywhere oh or it's like um oh. It's like when you learn a new you word. Them everywhere. When you learn a then new word. Then you start seeing it everywhere. Yeah. And then it's yeah. like, oh, I just learned that word yesterday. Like, no, actually, people have been using that word your entire life. It's just, it has never entered your like mm. sphere of consciousness. So I think something similar happened with me and my BFRB is like, I, I was probably like for a month, probably my hands were bloody and I just wasn't realizing that it's like, oh, I was scratching. And then once I, 
recognize like, oh, I'm the one scratching, then it's like, oh, I'm watching myself scratch now. And it's like, ah, like there's the problem. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, what, what do you think? Sure. Yeah, well, I'm trying to remember. See, I I remember in the early days, my parents asking me or my psychologist asking me whether or not I was aware that I was doing it. And I remember making a conscious choice to lie <laughs> and say, no, I, it happened in my sleep. When in fact, I knew that I had been doing it, but I was ashamed of fact that I'd been doing it to myself so then I pretended like it was a sort of subconscious behavior hmm. so I'm not sure if it ever happened to me in my sleep for real hmm. yeah you just <laughs> implanted your that memory into yourself you you self-inceptioned yourself um, <laughs> I, I still don't know when it started but I'm fairly certain that it didn't or at least not in my sleep. Maybe it was less conscious before. But I don't know if I ever actually woke up. Um, I guess I, I think grinding your teeth is stress related. Would you agree with that? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I guess it is like an action. Um, you repeat. I was uh, chatting with somebody and they were saying at the beginning of COVID, they were grinding their teeth so much in their sleep that their like jaw locked up and mm. had to go to like a physio and um, like, yeah, just Whoa. kind of work on it. But I, I think, I mean, you, you talk about like this physiological response. I think a lot of people, when they think about BFRBs, they explain like, they they minimize the like the mental anxiety stress related aspect of the bfrb and i think that's quite harmful honestly like when a lot of mm -hmm. people see my hands they're like oh jason like i've you know a lotion like just keep on putting the lotion and trust that it'll be better and if you know that's kind of the narrative that like that's all you need to do and you don't need to you know tackle the fact that you're a perfectionist or you're you know um you're, or you're working you're too much or yeah. you know like if you don't have like i think yeah i mean i definitely in me learning more about bfrbs that's the conversation i'm trying to have more and more with people it's just like oh like are you stressed out like you know like <laughs> um yeah. And I think having more permission to ask those questions in the same way, you know, we want to talk, we, we want to say like, oh, how's your BFRB this week? I think for me, um, with COVID, I think that's also given us a good opportunity to be like, oh, like, like mental check-in, mental health check-in. Like, how are you doing vis-a-vis yeah. -vis COVID? I think that's a really kind of like benefit of COVID to not be stigmatized to have that conversation because like it's on everyone's mind now yeah it's yeah. true i've i've noticed that in a few conversations recently where i felt more comfortable asking the other people like i straight out asked them how they were coping with covid um and these were people that i maybe have not had mental health conversations with as you're saying right now and it kind of took me by surprise. I wasn't planning to ask them, but it sort of felt like a very natural. It almost feels like to not acknowledge it these days is weird because 
it's, you know, someone that I haven't seen or spoken to in months. And if I don't acknowledge that shared experience, all of a sudden, like, the context, it just doesn't make sense, I guess. Mm, mm. So I think that's an interesting point that it's reducing the stigma around these conversations. But that's super interesting about the grinding teeth. I hadn't thought about it that way. But you're right. I mean, it is a response that my body, obviously, like, there's some kind of release of tension or there's some there's something about it that must be co- helping me cope in some way otherwise my body like I wouldn't continue to do it um I guess I hadn't compared it to trick because my trick is so uh, I'm so aware of it but hmm. interesting I would even say I would I would I'm willing to take the step of say like, you know, like uh, if you have uh, an upset stomach when you're nervous, um, in my head, I lump them in the same category. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Like it might be an internal process rather than an external process. Um, But I, I guess I, I'm willing to talk about them in the same conversation. Like, you know, I'm sure there's, they're, you know, categorized differently. But um, I think what's really powerful is starting to build those bridges and like, mm-hmm. mm, like I want to have a conversation with you about mental health and I don't want to put this barrier up of, oh, you have stomach issues or as I like claw my hands, like mm, we have nothing to talk about. No, like we have so much to talk about. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's ignore kind of these, yeah, like terms, acronyms, walls, like let's just get to the root like what is it that we can learn from each other mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah that's a good point um i just googled bfrbs because all of a sudden i was curious mm. it seems like the way that it's that this term is defined has to do with people repeatedly touching their body in specific ways so the focus does seem to be on like the action like your hand doing something mm. To your body but I mean that's I I think these kinds of definitions evolve over time because it, I mean the BFRB this is from bfrb.org originally it was the TLC foundation that was just focused on trigotillomania and then over time it has grown to find connections between hair pulling and nail biting and skin picking mm. like who knows where we'll, right. we'll go next right yeah. <laughs> um so, but so like nail biting like nail biting is a very i don't know if you could say conscious or unconscious but just depends um, on the person but you know i have a friend who like <clears throat> he doesn't bite his nails but he like bites the skin on his hands right yeah and I, to me that's a bfrb right yeah and also um, I know a few people who bite their lips like repeatedly mm. and I would consider that a BFRB as well but that's not your hands aren't involved in that yeah so yeah it's debatable debatable definition <laughs> this is a podcast about everything everything <laughs> no welcome <focus. laughs> no rules no, no names rules. <laughs> <laughs> No, well, and I think, 
some of these labels are useful to describe a shared experience, but I agree that no need to unnecessarily separate them, mm-hmm. separate the experiences from each other. The, the, the term I've heard is called bruxism. Bru- I, um, I, I'll, I'll, I'll Google this now. <laughs> Love Google. B-R-U-X-I-S-M. Bruxism is teeth clenching or grinding and cheek biting. And Mm. they relate it to nail biting, which is onycophagia. So many things that we do. Yeah, and the other thing I was just going through in my head is whether I would define them differently because one of them is more visual than the other but then I thought about that and I did I mean there's definitely no visual component to the teeth clenching for me because I can't see what's happening and that's hasn't been a trigger but when it comes to trichotillomania the feeling of pulling my hair out is sometimes much stronger uh, or that's much more important to the experience sometimes than the visual Mm. it kind of alternates depending on the state I'm in and and the type of pulling that I'm doing but so I don't even think that's a relevant distinction (laughs) 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 interesting I was not expecting that whoa (laughs) sorry someone just fell upstairs (laughs) (laughs) There's two legs that sticking out of your ceiling. Never met my upstairs neighbor. Um, I had a a good word on my mind that I thought Mm. of yesterday and I wanted to bring up, Mm. which is ineffable. Ineffable. like that word. Ineffable. Have you heard it? Uh Uh, Can you use it in a sentence? (laughs) Um, uh, Okay. (laughs) Yes. Uh, The feeling... The feeling that I have when I pull my hair is ineffable. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, um, I can try to give you a, a better example. Uh, or, I mean, this is just... just. Can you hear them vacuuming upstairs? No, I can't. Okay. I would tell you... Okay. <laughs> I would... Um, I would tell you how I felt, but the but the feeling was ineffable. Mm. I don't know if that's quite correct. Great. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't like use it's, this word um, a lot. Like it's uh, ethereal or like intangible. Close. Mm. You know what word I like? Effervescent. <laughs> That's a great word. And it's kind of it it would you consider it an onomatopoeia? Effervescent? Um I don't know if I'm saying it right. Effervescent effort effervescent. <laughs> um onomatopoeia. Uh, yeah, I would. Effervescent effervescent. Like a like a can of Coke. I, I'm still like yeah, stumbling over this word. But like depends how you say it, I guess. Effervescent yeah. Effervescent. Um, anyways, <laughs> ineffable means there are no words to describe mm. it. There are no words that can, yeah, refer to it or 
describe it or yeah Hmm. that's why it's kind of hard to use in a sentence but what I like about this word and the reason why it was on my mind is because sometimes it feels like certain experiences I have with trichotillomania are ineffable especially Hmm. to people who don't experience it and so but but not yeah but I really think sometimes I'm lacking words to actually describe how I'm feeling, which mm-hmm. gets in the way of sharing the experience and actually having an outlet to describe it. Mm-hmm. Part of this came, uh, was like on my mind when we had our conversation with Cheyenne and how, I mean, there was a language barrier as well, but it, mm-hmm. but part of it was like, wow, even if she was speaking English, like, I don't know if there's an actual word to describe what she's trying to say. And I'm really excited because I found this Instagram account. Again, so many BFRB people on Instagram. It's amazing. I, I'm i just constantly inspired. But it's called Trichotillum. I don't know how to say it. Trichotillomorous. Hmm. Like humorous, but Trichotillomorous. And... This person has created a little character, which looks like an eye, and I I sent it to you. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're describing their experiences of trichotillomania through this little character that is navigating the world of trip. And there's one specific um, story or or drawing that is was about how how this person feels when they experience a relapse. And they described it as feeling gray. And I thought the illustrations were, I love this account because it, I feel like I can relate to each of these illustrations. So it, they really like capture my experience, which is yeah. pretty cool to see. But I had never thought of using the word gray to experience how you feel after a relapse. Like maybe I had long eyelashes for a long time. And then one day I have a really stressful day and then I pull all of them out and it's, like there's a physical sensation, but it, mm-hmm. the emotion attached to that, I find it hard to describe still. But so, and this person's interpretation was gray, which I thought was really interesting. I I, I just pulled up the 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 image, and yeah. I love the arms. Um, for the like listeners at home, the the little eyeball character almost reminds me of you know those like Mister Sunny, uh, cartoons. Do you know what I'm talking about? There's like Mr. Happy, Mr. Triangle, Mr. Oh yeah. I, I don't know what they're called. I, I'm sure there's a name for it, but it, it, it that's kind of what the eyeball evokes is like just a shape with with two feet, and then yeah. and then the character's arms are like all squiggly and like, like <laughs> stretched out and deflated, and yeah. To me, the yeah. arms are very expressive of like powerless and worn out and mm, yeah kind of like it's like an overstre- overstretched elastic again right yeah it's so like true. an elastic that's lost its elasticity mm-hmm. and there's actually a few posts that talk about this person's hands like there's another one if you scroll down that says i wish i just i just didn't have hands and then mm. if you scroll through it's like, but my hands allow me to do all these things. Like, they inspire me. They allow me to be creative. I don't remember exactly 
Um, mm. I don't know if I can actually look at them on my desktop, mm. but and this so this person's internal conflict with their hands. I mean, yeah, it's. I think sometimes art can really help us convey these things that are difficult with word. Are words ineffable. That are ineffable. But yeah, I felt really excited about that. I feel mm. great after relapses. Because to me, um, there's a, what that made me think of is after I relapse, especially when it's been a while and I've been, you know, having a, I'm on a streak of not pulling my hair and stuff. I think a relapse makes me feel sore. Mm. And um, it's a soreness that, like, literally my eye, my eyelids really hurt. <laughs> um, because, yeah, it's a lot to go through for little eyelids. But mm. there's a emotional soreness as well that I think is very different from other experiences of kind of Maybe I'd be disappointed in myself or frustrated with myself or whatever. This is feels different because it's almost like I've been in a conflict with myself and I'm, I feel hurt by it. Mm. Like there was so much effort involved and yeah, it's such an uncomfortable feeling. <laughs> but yeah. Wow. Okay. All Thanks for sharing, it. Adele. Oh yeah. No, I, I just I'm excited that there's all these platforms to share and explore these different. Yeah. <clears throat> there were so many points that I wanted to bring up in that. Um, one <laughs> okay. was uh, I'll I'll work backwards because maybe that's okay. the right approach. I I think uh, you talk about hand or one of the the. Tillamorous <laughs> posts talks about hands and how you know sometimes you wish you didn't have hands, but at the same yeah. time hands like they provide so much. Um, I I you know definitely also feel that like just being so frustrated with um, and being like almost afraid of my own hands, like how much damage they can cause, um, and. Yeah, the like I I think that's a relationship with my BFRB in general is like being afraid of kind of the raw power that it has of like in some instances I can harness that to be my strength and um maybe I'm thinking like okay uh, I think my BFRB and my anxiety is related to like planning like all you know, say, I think we started this call, I was talking about this work meeting um, that I, I was quite proud of today because I did a lot of work to plan for it. I, um, you know, prepared this agenda. I um, kind of uh, fleshed out my different talking points on some of the like more contentious issues. I had like a prep meeting before the meeting actually started to be like, hey, just as a heads up, I'm going to talk about this in the meeting. And like, you know, we kind of like had the conversation before the meeting in front of 20 people. We just had it one-on-one -on -one and, you know, we kind of workshop some ideas. Anyways, planning process. That, um, you know, I think one of my desires to plan is this idea of like, ooh, I want an efficient meeting, you know? And I think I like, I care a lot about making sure things run smoothly. 
Um, but I'm also, that also makes me anxious. I have some anxiety associated with meetings that don't run smoothly, right? So mm-hmm. I think one of my strengths is to plan and anticipate and, you know, kind of do my best to make it go smoothly. But also there's like a, a certain element of, I can't predict everything. I can't control everything. I can't make everything go smoothly. Life is not smooth, but it is one of my strengths to smooth. So it's like, uh, when do I like stop myself and like let go? Because all I've ever learned, all like I've trained to just, you know, this is what you should be doing. This is how I should be doing it. Um, So it's like one of my biggest strengths also is a weakness of mine. Um, Mm. Yeah. So um it it is a little complicated with like me how can i continue to like how can i take the parts of myself that i like without maybe some of the anxiety associated with it um and i think that was a question i was asking myself for a long time but i guess maybe now more taking a step back from that is like you know jason i can't change myself I'm going to have strengths. I'm going to have weaknesses regardless. It's just, it's not about eliminating all my weaknesses. It's just like sort of accepting and like knowing what your weaknesses are. Um, Just the awareness of potentially what is your strength and what is your weakness allows me to act in a way where I can either manage it or like utilize those things. Um, so yeah. I, I think really that's kind of, yeah, my journey with my BFRB is, um, you know, we, we've talked about this in the past, so it's not an exercise of like trying to remove the BFRB, like a surgeon and like cut this part of our life out. It's, you know, that this is just a part of me, the entirety of me. And it's, you can't remove it. It's just learning what it is and accepting it and learning how to use it. Right. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's, that's really interesting. There are a couple of things there. One is that I totally feel the, my strengths are also my weaknesses because that's how I feel about my perfectionism sometimes where yeah, I feel like it's been a huge asset in a lot of ways of I will not stop until I am reaching my my standards for myself for, or, you know, when I was going to school and completing an assignment or something, like I will keep working until it is good enough. And I don't know if I ever, I don't know if it's possible to reach perfection, but that's definitely what I'm, what I have stri- strived for. Mm. And then at the same time, yeah, a huge source of anxiety and a, f- a level of focus on certain things that just wasn't worth it in hindsight and used up my time in a way that, you know, if I wasn't sort of driven by this perfectionism, I'm not sure I would choose to spend that much energy on it. Mm. Um, but then what you said about you can't cut the BFRB out of your life, that's interesting because it came up as... Um, as a conversation point, actually, last week, I, I took part in that Zoom call with BFRB support group leaders. And that was one question that came up, which was, what if you have people in the support group that have different goals when it comes to BFRBs? 
some see it as I'm a I'm a trickster that's my identity I will always have trick and I'm just trying to manage it and others are trying to become pole free and not have trichotillomania anymore mm-hmm. or another BFRB and yeah I think that was a good question for me to consider because I feel like between us we have come to this conclusion kind of together of that's removing it entirely is not our goal. Our goal is, I guess, more of a balance and a and an understanding and a and a coping ways of coping, I guess. But for some people, that is a that is their goal, and so yeah, it just reminded me of that. But mm. and and maybe that's okay for them if it, you know if it works for them. Mm. For me, I find that stressful to think about. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. Huh. Uh, yeah. That that is interesting. It. Um. I think that clarifies our our podcast like messaging a little bit. Like, uh, I think that kind of uh t- speaks to the tone of what this show. Like, don't come to the show if you're hoping to become pole free. <laughs> you know, like, or it might help, but it might not help. We're but, like, that's not on. what we're preaching. <laughs> No, <laughs> I don't know what we're preaching. Yeah, <laughs> but, but remember when we were looking at other BFRB or the only podcast I could think of was that Trichotillomania podcast. Mm. And one of my biggest crit- criticisms or critiques of it is that it's hyper focused on if you want to stop pulling your hair, mm. do X, Y, Z. And that was just a huge turnoff for me. So yeah. hopefully, I mean, maybe that can be a good resource for some people, but not for me. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I feel like you had way more points that you were going to talk about. Um, you were just starting. I was just starting. <laughs> this is only the beginning of now. Uh, um, I don't know if way more points is accurate, but okay. uh, the, I wasn't the, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. You were talking about uh, Cheyenne. Shout out to Cheyenne. Yay. Uh, <laughs> yay. Um, you, listeners will learn more about her in in the future to come <laughs> in the future in the yes undef- <laughs> what is it not in the de- indefinite future indefinite future um but yeah that 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 conversation about um uh you know i think uh english isn't her primary language um and she was sort of yeah talking about how I, I think she was maybe a little um, flustered with herself or a little nervous of like, you know, not finding the right words to explain herself. Um, but I think, yeah, she, she made the comment, like even in Dutch, um, she herself, like, you know, it's kind of tricky to string the right words together and explain. And I think that was also a, a point that I, I brought up to her as well of um, like for me, myself in English, you know like the words don't really exist it's ineffable as Adele it's will say it's ineffable um which I, I I don't think should be like a blank check for you don't need to try to articulate it I think there is something to be said for the the striving the um, the like chipping away to to get to that understanding um to that effableness effableness <laughs> <laughs> um um it's uh like i think understanding comes 
in the process. Something that I try, uh, like one of my, I guess, just philosophies for life in general is always seek to understand, never seek to change. And I think that's the same approach that I've taken to my BFRB, right? Like, mm-hmm. and that's what we were just talking about, of like not seeking to change as in become pull free or just remove it entirely. Or I'm, I'm not seeking to change myself to become a person I'm not. I'm just seeking to understand myself. I'm just seeking to understand uh, what the what my BFRB is. Um, right. So so and and finding the language. I think the finding the language piece first is that seeking to understand. And like I think it's still a worthy cause to try to put words to something that's ineffable even if it's truly ineffable like i think it's still <laughs> is anything I, truly ineffable oh, though like what a good question <laughs> <laughs> maybe like if you work like hard Cummings enough quote. like <laughs> <laughs> maybe one day we will have the like we just need to come up with this word hmm. and that's why we got to create new words like effable <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think um, I think uh, I'm I'm trying to find the quote. I don't have it exactly in front of me, um, but it, it's this it's um, it, it's this like Zen poem that talks about how words are just trap or words are like um, a snare to catch a rabbit. Um, you you have the snare and once you caught the rabbit you can get rid of this snare because you have the rabbit that's what you want you mm-hmm. you have words words are there to catch understanding but once you have understanding you can throw away the word because you have the understanding does that um, make sense yeah um yeah and i think words are only one way that we get to understanding but there are other ways and i think uh, you know, drawing is one way, you know, I think what what that Instagram page evokes is something so true that like, it's, it's a feeling, it's real, it exists. Maybe there, you don't necessarily have the words for it to describe the feeling, but the, the image is there to capture the feeling. Or maybe you have a song to capture that feeling, or maybe... You know, um, for a while, I I um, was, like, into dance quite a bit. I, I guess that's kind of where we met at that salsa dance thing. Yeah. Um, and for me, dance was really, like, like, to me, just exploring, like, different movements and, like, expressing myself through movement was a totally valid way of, like, getting to understand my emotions more or like maybe something that I'm feeling or like all this frustration that I want to get out or I'm just like so excited that like ah you know no words but like it's there um (laughs) um, I I think those things are all real and they all exist and just because there isn't a word or you don't happen to know the word right now doesn't mean um you know it it doesn't exist or it it isn't real and I think for me with like me going on that journey with dance, I think what I learned was um, um, I, I, I think I've 
I've put so much emphasis on trying to get to the right word that I've sort of, um, I've not explored all my options for understanding, right? Mm. Like what, what is the goal in life? It's not to know all the words. It's to like feel all the feelings maybe. Right. And, um, (laughs) you know, if, if the, if I was so streamlined, I'm like, okay, I need to know all the words to get to all the feelings. And I'll just like only ever just read books. Right. And that's the way to experience everything. But it's like, no, like travel, like go to a spicy restaurant, like go to a concert. Like, I, <laughs> well, just like a, a different spicy... flavor. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think we have five senses, um, that we can try to access to get to, um, understanding and mm-hmm. yeah, maybe, um, it just puts so much emphasis on like coming up with the right word that, we're like, oh, it's not even worth trying to understand in different ways. But I think it absolutely is. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and and as I've experienced, it can resonate in a way that is very unexpected. And mm-hmm. I think that's what makes me really excited about the potential for sharing artwork or I'm sure there's other things I haven't even discovered yet online of people expressing like I've seen some photography exhibits that have that are related to dermatillomania and yeah I think there's a lot of potential for exploring Mm. these experiences in creative different ways Mm -hmm. Mm. that's so exciting (laughs) um uh another thought that came up while I was talking, even though I was just bashing words for the last like five minutes um, (laughs) at the same time. So one of uh, uh, Cheyenne's like her request for us was to come up with a little like clip, like a little blurb um, to just talk about our uh, BFRB experience. So um, Mm -hmm. I mean, listeners watch out for that uh, project in the near future also. Um, But for me sitting down and like trying to write um, something, um, it's, it's sort of that concept of, you know, you, um, you don't really know something until you can teach it to somebody else. Mm. You know that? Um, So for me, I think that was sort of the mentality that I was trying to sit down and have of like, you know, like, what is it that I'm trying to explain? Like, how do I how is it that I put words to this, you know, this ineffable feeling? Um, So. How did that go? Yeah, it went, it went well. Um, I, I, I have one uh, ready to go, uh, but I'll, I'll save it uh, for, um, (laughs) um, you know, if you want to hear what I actually wrote, check out Cheyenne's project, um, which I'm sure will. I believe her handle is, I'll look it up one sec. Skin, skin picking illustrator illustrators skin, skin picking, picking underscore illustrator hopefully she's okay we'll put the link in oh yeah skin picking underscore illustrator we'll put the links to both instagram accounts in our description whoa show notes whoa. Whoa. <laughs> um that's so great because I thought about it and I felt really overwhelmed by the idea of planning out what I was going to say. So I was just hoping I said something that sounded really good today and then I could just send her a little clip. <laughs> <laughs> so fingers crossed. <laughs> or 
or next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, I, I, yeah, I think it went well. I think it it was like a um, it was just an opportunity for for reflection, right? Like, um, I think it was me thinking about some experiences that, yeah. If, Feelings that I had that I feel like maybe I took for granted um, of like, oh, this is just what the, the experience feels like. And then mm. now with some space and like, I think, as I was sort of mentioning last week, I feel like I'm in a pretty good space with my BFRB right now. And so just having a little bit more distance from it, I I believed I could, yeah, talk about it um, just yeah, just having a different perspective on myself, mm-hmm. um, being able to see myself in a new way, which, mm-hmm. um, which is good. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited to listen to it now. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> no, I, I couldn't. I wasn't ready to sit down and plan it out. Just, but I think I have an idea of what I'd like to talk about. Hmm. It's just the process of writing it out for some reason feels overwhelming right now. Yeah. Um, but you'll notice that I shaved my head or not mm. my whole head, but just the sides mm-hmm. a couple of days ago. And that that's re- always really funny when I do that. Cause I do this on a regular basis and then I go and I don't really think about it that much in terms of how it relates to other people, but then I'll go and like talk to my parents or get on a zoom call for work you're like, whoa, your hair changed. And it's kind of like a, I mean, I have kind of a mohawk right now because I'm trying to grow out the middle part mm. and it just looks a little hardcore. And I think people are taking it back <laughs> <laughs> because it doesn't necessarily suit or it doesn't match their expectations of me and my, and who I am and my style. How hardcore you are. Yeah, I'm pretty hardcore, and people Yo, would know no, that by so looking hardcore. at my head. <laughs> I also wear, like, baseball caps now, so. Um, <laughs> yeah. That was irrelevant. Capital H, hardcore. <laughs> but, but, the, but what's interesting is that if anyone wanted to talk to me about it, like, to me, the process of shaving the sides of my head is actually a really important way for me to acknowledge that my trichotillomania is um, like impacting me in a way that I don't want it to. I don't want to let it take control. And the reason for that is because when my hair grows, grows back, I always have these two bald spots that are like, it's actually perfect. They're so symmetrical and they're Mm. on the sides of my head. And it's Mm. right at this line here where like, it, there is a way for me to shave the sides of my head and it looks somewhat like I like I planned it um, mm. and leave the middle. And But so when my hair is growing back, there's always these two spots where I start pulling, oops, where I start pulling first. And so then I get the bald spot there again. And usually I can tolerate that to a certain extent and hope that it will grow back and like try to cope and all this stuff. But at a certain point, the visual and the and the sensation of having the spot that is way shorter than the rest of the surrounding hair becomes a trigger in in and of itself. 
And then it's like, well, how long am I going to tolerate this knowing that this choice of leaving it is contributing to my lack of uh, ability to cope with my BFRB? So it's always this internal battle of like, I want to grow my hair out. I want like, just let it grow. And like not accepting that, okay, Mm. it's becoming an issue again. And then at some point I'll say like, okay, I don't want to do, I don't want this to be as much of a trigger anymore. And I just go for it. I just shave the sides and it's so freeing in a way that I don't think I've found any other coping mechanism that actually has this kind of impact on me because Mm. all of a sudden it's like, okay, that was, that was a simple thing. I've like, I'm helping myself in some way. Like, you know what? It's okay if you have to do this right now. Like it's not, it's not a failure. It's not, there's nothing wrong with it. Mm -hmm. It's just acknowledging this is where I'm at. This is a solution that I prefer, uh, you know, compared to continuously pulling my hair out in that spot and feeling bad about it. To me, it feels better to shave the sides of my head. Anyways, mm. so I don't remember why I'm talking about this, but I guess hopefully I'm going to talk about that in my one minute. And <laughs> <laughs> just because, it, yeah, to me, it's like a perfect example of something that is hard to explain outside of the BFRB context, but is important. Yeah. like it's would you say the act is like celebratory almost it's I I would say it's it is observing where it's finding small wins (laughs) Mm. and and observing where I can step in and and I guess, set myself up for success in a way. Mm. Like, oh, I have control over this in this other way that is maybe like, it's not not pulling, but at least it's removing the, that urge. And right. yeah. Um, I don't know if this is exposing how like unwoke I am or whatever, but <laughs> the way you were talking about it, it almost reminded me of like, again, I, forgive me for not knowing the waves of feminism and like, you know, there's the suffragette movement and then the second wave, third wave. I don't know. But like, (laughs) like, I think like at one point I feel like bra burning was an important part and symbol of feminism of like liberation and like, Mm. Oh, we're not gonna wear these things that like men expect us to wear and like we need to free ourselves do, 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 do. but like I don't and and so that conversation kind of happened once and it's also sort of like in the past now because I think like feminism has like come around and it's like you know like bras aren't necessarily evil you know but and like I think some people were like oh celebrating it's like oh it's like I'm like great because I wear a bra now or something. I, again, no idea what I'm talking about right now, but I think that the point that I wanted to bring up was like, it's like everyone has a personal relationship with their hair. And, uh, you know, I think in one respect, what it could be seen as like, Oh, I'm like 
giving up because I'm like letting my BFRB control what my hair looks like, or I have to make a compromise or I have to make a sacrifice because of my BFRB. But the tone in which you were talking about it, like it wasn't like that at all. It was like, yeah, again, didn't sound like a compromise. It sounded like a celebration. Um, so anyways yeah no I see what you're what you're saying I think and the words you used of like my BFRB determining what my hair looks like it sort of feels like either way it's going to have a it will play a role in how my hair looks but I guess choosing to exert a certain amount of control or yeah agency over how it affects me feels very liberating and I remember the first day I discovered this hairstyle and I did it like two hours before coming to meet you in the park for our support group. Yes. <laughs> and I was just, and it's funny because I was just sitting and working on something and then having this issue with this, like these two spots that were just triggering me so much and I couldn't focus on my work. And all of a sudden I was like, you know what? We're done with this. And I just like went to the bathroom and just shaved <laughs> the side and there was almost no thought to it it was it was like oh okay this is what I needed to do and I've been sort of maintaining that for a while yeah so whatever works I guess <laughs> yeah I, no, that's it's, great. Not, like, it's not exactly how I want it to look like I I do eventually want to have long hair but I think I've found an interim a, a way that I can transition into what I actually want to look like one day for now, I think it looks hardcore. great. Hardcore. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to get into heavy metal now, too. So, you know what? It fits my lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that's our episode. <laughs> that's our episode. Stay tuned for Stay more tuned. great <laughs> Yeah. Um... Okay. Yeah. Okay. Great. Thanks, everyone. Uh, I, should we have like a formal wrap up? Like, are we supposed to like? Oh yeah. So if you have, so we're gonna put links in the description for anything that we remember to do. And then, if you have any questions, you can email us at fidgetpodcast at gmail dot com. We check it. Right, Jason? <laughs> yeah, it gets forwarded to my personal email, I think. Oh, I there hope. you go. Okay, so email Jason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and sh- feel free to share this with your friends. We're so excited by how many people have already listened like, and have given us good feedback. And I wanted to give a shout out to the BFRB.org TLC community leaders because they welcomed me at their their meeting last week and were very supportive of the podcast and have been sharing it so thank you for that really appreciate it great okay awesome. i think we can wrap up. I, yeah um a new episode next month see you guys then see you then yay